0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. Well, praise God. Last week I began to talk to you about getting out of your way. Or maybe I should say getting out of your own way. And so tonight I promised that we were going to finish this up. I want to recap for a few moments though. Last week I began to talk to you about the automatic pilot that each one of us has on the inside. I use the illustration of, have you ever been driving home and you thought you'd stop by the bank or stop by the post office, but you just drove straight home and got home and thought, oh man, I forgot to stop by. And the reason is because your automatic pilot kicked in and you're just driving down the road. I've done the same thing, driving down the road, just going the way you always go, because that's the way you always go, but that wasn't where you intended to go this time. It's because you weren't having any conscious thought, you were just doing what you had trained yourself to do. And so, we begin to look at strongholds. Strongholds are practiced ways of thinking. It is a stronghold of something you have done so often, you think that way so often, till it no longer requires a fresh thought to kick it into gear. It's an automatic way of responding, an automatic way of behaving. And a stronghold can be reinforced by enemy spirits. Now, we also could have a strong, I mean, the Lord is our strong tower, right? And so the good thing is our minds can be programmed to have a godly stronghold that that Lord inhabits. And so that we are training ourselves, the Bible says, to train ourselves in righteousness, which we can do. But a stronghold that gets in your way. A, an automatic pop that gets in your way. This prevents you from doing what you know you should do or from knowing what you really want to do. And I use the illustration of how many times have people made New Year's resolutions. This year's gonna be different from last year because this year I'm gonna blah, 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 and inside of two weeks, three weeks, whatever, it's been long gone and forgotten. And we've done this because how many times have we said, I'm gonna start my daily devotions, I'm gonna get consistent, or I'm gonna start an exercise program, or I'm gonna sign up and take, you know, finish my degree, or I'm going to, you know, get some new clients for my business this year. I mean, we, we have these things that we want to do that are good. But somehow, it doesn't ever happen, and it's because of an internal belief system. It can be so deeply ingrained where you don't know why you can't seem to motivate yourself. You don't know why you just can't pick up the phone and call. You don't know why you just can't go ahead and do the very thing that you say that you want to. And so, this belief system can cause us to procrastinate and sabotage ourselves. And as I was saying last week also, life is what it doesn't happen to you it happens because of you and we're going to we are working hard to break a victim mentality anyway but there's too many people that feel like well it's just my bad luck or it's just this bad thing happened to me but the truth is that you have an internal wiring that's, dim, that's causing you to have the results that you've got in your life right now And as we're going to study the the inner game of money workshop we're going to do, as I've mentioned this, some of you have not heard me say this before, but I met a man in 2005, he made $800,000. In 2006, he made zero. And it's because his internal belief system would not allow him to generate the same success a second year. And that's what we see. Sometimes we'll see somebody who has tremendous success. They've got their credit card debt all the way paid down to the last $300. And then they go and blow it all again. Or they go and they build up a tremendous thing in their, in their um, company that they work for. And then they sabotage and tear it all down themselves. You know, even Proverbs talks about a foolish woman will tear her house down with her own hands. And sometimes the very thing that we want, we have an internal system that's working against us. We've seen this happen sometimes. Somebody is so, finally has found the love of their life. They fall in love. They want to get married. And as soon as they get engaged, they begin to actively work against the relationship until finally there's a breakup. And then they say, why do they do this kind of thing? Because there's an internal system that's at work, and it's not necessarily logical. You know, it's just something, it's emotional more than it is rational. You know, that's why the Bible talks about that we aren't just to believe with our heads, but we're to believe with our hearts. And the Bible talks about the inner man of the heart. And so that is the issue that we're going to be looking at this evening, what's going on the inside You know, because willpower can only take you so far. Willpower will get you started in a certain direction. But after a while, willpower is just exhausting. And what you want is to have your internal belief system engaged in a way that's working for you so that it's not a battle, it's not a tug of war with your will every day. And so you don't have this internal um, anxiety and internal conflict about, oh, I didn't or, oh, I should or whatever. We want to have that thing eliminated. Hallelujah. I, I don't want to fight with myself. You want to fight with yourself? It's exhausting, isn't it? Okay. The results that are in your life right now indicate what your automatic pilot is set on right now. It's working beautifully. It's working for you. You may not like the results, but you created it. And so good, good. good news is you can recreate it. If you don't like what you've got, you can change it. The inner thought process your belief system is producing for you. It's working on you on, on some level. It's working on you and working for you. And even if it seems to be working against you, it's trying to protect you from something unpleasant or something, unpa- something that's painful to you. You know, it's like, why didn't you, you made your New Year's resolution because there was a good thing you wanted to accomplish. But you self-sabotaged and you procrastinated to where it didn't happen. It's because somewhere inside of you, your inner belief system equates that New Year's resolution with something unpleasant, with something painful. And so this internal system is going to help you avoid pain. At all costs. I heard somebody say, no pain, no gain. I heard somebody else say, no pain, no pain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm for no pain either. Well, see, that's the whole thing is your internal system is working to keep you out of pain. And so that's where you can say, that's where we have to do some digging and looking on what is going on that's making me work against myself and how the devil get involved and reinforce all that stuff. So if we're going to change and get out of our own way, then we're going to have to have a heart change. It's going to have to be a new course that is set by change of heart. We looked at the scripture last week about James says about the tongue is like a rudder on a ship, and it sets the course of your life. And so if you don't like the direction your life is going in, you're going to have to change that little rudder that's going to change what's come out of your mouth. And it's not just words that we're parroting, but the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's identifying a belief system that's going on. So we've got to change the belief system inside so that it will change the rudder, and so then you'll wind up getting where you actually want to be and want to go. Let's turn over to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to look at some of the same verses we looked at last week. So retraining the way we think to agree with the Word of God is going to be what's going to work for us. Our hearts are being converted as we agree with the Word, both rationally and emotionally. Joshua chapter 1. Now, when I talk about success or prosperity, this could be towards anything. Succeed in getting your degree. You know, succeed in building family relationships. Succeed in getting to the exercise program or whatever, whatever thing is it that you're wanting to do. Joshua 1, 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go. What does the Bible tell us? What does God say is the formula for success and prosperity? Is it working 100 hours a week? No, that's not what God said. There's a place for hard work. But he said if you'll meditate day and night. Because see, what you meditate on in in, uh, negative terms, we call it worry, right? Worry is when you just play it over and over in your mind. Well, if you meditate upon, whatever you meditate upon is going to be building or changing your internal belief system. And so what you meditate on, if it's in harmony with the Word of God, and you meditate meditating day and night, is changing your outlook on life, is changing your outlook about yourself. How many of you think, now let's think about it, have you ever thought, you know, Bill Gates is the richest man in the world, right? And seriously, do you think he has a different attitude towards money than you do? Absolutely. Do you think somebody who makes a million dollars a year has a different attitude towards money than you do? Yes. Absolutely. Because if you had the same mindset they did, you'd be a millionaire too. People don't believe me, but you come to our workshop. I'm going to help you with that. Okay. To meditate on the Word twice a day is working to retrain your autopilot. It's working to retrain your internal belief system so that your autopilot, your system, will work for you and quit working against you. And that's what's going to put a cease a cease to the war that's going on inside. When every time you feel like, well, I want to, well, I should, but, oh, I just don't feel like it. I just can't seem to pick up the phone. I just can't seem to do it. I can't seem to get started. Meditating on the Word day and night is what's going to change that inner belief system. Now, I ask you... Uh, I also mentioned last week that when we meditate, we're not just meditating upon the principles of the Word of God, but we're also meditating upon the love of God. because see, it's got to be this has got to be rational and emotional. There's a lot of people who could quote a lot of verses, but if you're not rooted and grounded in love, as the Bible says, then it's not going to produce the results for you, right? Because it's with the heart man believes in the righteousness. That is, with the emotions and with the mind. So this is why we're doing classes and doing things to get you strong in the love of God and then teach you the meat of the Word of God in order to change and adopt, you know, your behavior and your belief system, all right? We're going to meditate on the love of God and the principles of the Word of God. So I asked you last week to do a homework assignment. I gave an assignment of making a list of what you want to accomplish, maybe in your relationships, maybe your relationships with God, or maybe romance or friends or whatever. Uh, Maybe you want to accomplish something in health and fitness, or something with your education or career or financial security or abundance. And then ask yourself, could I do it? Could I? Well, yes, if you are physically capable of doing it. I could do it, right? I could go get my degree. I could pick up the phone and call. I actually have the capability, right? And then ask yourself, am I willing to do it? Am I willing to do what it takes to accomplish my goal? Well, if you get that sense of anxiety, that sense of conflict on the inside, that means your belief system is working against you. It does not want you to get the thing that you say that you want. And it will fight you and sabotage you to make sure that you don't get it. So the question is to ask yourself, why not? Why not, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of? That that system is trying to keep me feeling safe and protected. How the inner relief system works against us. A few different ways. Your system can work against you by number one, you're unable to get started. You just can't get started. You know what you want to do. You're capable capable of doing it, but you just can't seem to get motivated to start it. I mean, we've heard it over and over. I know I should. I know I should. Tomorrow, next week. I mean, m- diets are always started on Monday, right? <laughs> we always start going to the gym on Monday. You know, next, next time, next time. You know, can't seem to get motivated, being unable to get started. The second way that system works against you is being unable to commit to one goal and not see it through. Try this for six months, try that for six months, try that for a year, try that for a year. And so there's no momentum that's growing and building because there's too many, well, we tried it, well, I got bored, or let's just try something else. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe that wasn't it. The third way your system works against you is getting stuck in the creation mode. You're planning, 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 but actually never do anything, but have a great plan. (laughs) This also happens when we get busy with low-priority tasks. You know how it is. You've got this project. You know you want to do it. You know you should do it. But, oh, I'll do this first. Oh, I'll do that first and then you have this long list of low-priority things that are not going to move you forward towards your goal, but, you know, you just kept yourself with busy work, basically. I think we've probably all done that, right? Because we've put off. How many times have you dreaded making that one phone call so you found 15 things to do before you made the phone call? Isn't that right? (laughs) Yeah, we've all done it. And then, hopefully... By the time you did make the call, they were out to lunch uh. <laughs> or had gone for the day. <laughs> you see, that system will, will argue with you and rationalize with you about why it's okay to do these other things first and it's not moving you forward. And the other way that a belief system can work against you is to is you do achieve your goal and then you tear it down. Then you destroy it. You get there and you blow it. And you see this happen a lot of times when somebody who, who achieves a lot of success, they get a promotion at work, or they build their sales team, or they do something that makes them, you know, they become salesman of the quarter or, or something they really achieve. And then the next thing you know, they've quit their job, They've they destroyed, you know, everything that they have worked to build. We've seen this happen over and over. You see it happen in businesses. You see it happen in churches. You see it happen in families. Somebody works really, really hard, and then once they get it, they can't seem to hold on to it, but they wind up becoming their own worst enemy and tear it apart. So the belief system, the root of the stronghold, the thing that's working against you is the root of it is fear. The root is fear about the thing that you want to do. And when and because the fear holds you back in bondage, you wind up in frustration and anxiety. Because what do you do when you, when you procrastinate and you self-sabotage? Then you're feeling guilty and you're feeling aggravated because you're no closer to the thing that you really said that you wanted to do, right? And so you, people get hard on themselves. Those unloving spirits will jump in and help you beat yourself up about what a loser that you are because you can't seem to get started, or do these things. You can wind up with doubt about your ability. You know, the, the, spirits, the spirits of fear are looking for a weakness in you and me to move in. And so if we're wanting to accomplish this goal and we keep sabotaging ourselves, we're procrastinating, the root of it is going to be a form of fear. Maybe it's, I don't think I can do this. Maybe I've taken on something too hard or too beyond, you know, my abilities. It could also be feeling overwhelmed about the size of the task you want to do, you know. It's like when you look at the garage, you know you promised to clean it out. And then you look at it, and you're immediately depressed because you know it's going to take you three solid months to make a dent in it, you know. And you can feel so overwhelmed, then you just found something else to do, right? Some I know we got messy garages because this is it sounds too unpleasant, right? Also, it can be a fear about not knowing what to do first. I want to build my business. I want to start reading the Bible. Where do I start? I don't know where to start, so I don't start anywhere. Okay. Um, how, How many? I mean, sometimes it's so simple. You know, somebody decides they they want to start reading their bible they don't have a regular program so what do they do they decide to start at genesis and about the time they get caught up into some of the you know you, you know yeah who begat who begat this kind of stuff after a while ah you know if it's just too unpleasant you don't want to do it anymore um, you know, there are simpler ways, easier ways about reading your Bible. And the Bible is not like a novel that starts at the first and ends at the, in, you know all the way through. You can jump around. <laughs> if you didn't know that, you can jump around. And I encourage you to find the little short books with lots of action in them first. Seriously, Mark is great for that. Short book, lots of action. And that will get your interest you know, going. Leave Leviticus for last. That's what I do. Laughter <laughs> I got a book one time somebody gave me called um, How to Read the Boring Parts of the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some parts are more fun, more entertaining than other parts, okay? Okay, maybe a fear is a fear of failure. Suppose I start and I fail. What's going to happen? And then maybe coupled with that is fear of criticism. What will people say about me if I fail? What will what will my dad say about me? What will my wife say about me? What will the guys in my neighborhood, you know, what will they say if I fail? That goes right back to fear of man as well. Being too concerned about somebody else's opinion rather than your own opinion or rather what God says about what you can do. Another fear can be fear of commitment. Maybe the fear of commitment can be what if this is the wrong decision? What if, I really have no business going into business. What about, you know, I'll regret it. Maybe it's just not the right thing for me. Maybe if I go, you know, go back to school and finish my degree, that'll be a mistake. You know, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, there can be a fear of commitment because of not wanting to be wrong, not wanting to make a mistake. Then there can also be a fear of success. How will my life change if I succeed? All right, let's look at it financially. If all of a sudden you become the richest person in your family, you may have some questions about what are they going to expect from me now? What are they expecting? Are they going to be on my, knocking on my door every week asking for a handout? You know, what will people expect? Sometimes people are afraid of success because they're afraid it's going to change their friendships. It's going to change their family relationships and things going on. You know? And unfortunately, everybody's not happy when we succeed. You know, some people have that crabby attitude, like, you know, you put the crab in the pot and he'll he'll climb out. You put two crabs in the pot and they'll keep pulling each other back down. And sometimes with people, there's always going to be somebody that's trying to pull you down. And so sometimes we're afraid of success because of how it's going to change relationships around us. And then it could be a fear of unworthiness. What if I'm not good enough to be successful? And you see, I think that's what was happening to the guy that made $800,000 in 2005. I believe his unworthiness kicked in. Who do I think I am to make that kind of money? Nobody in my family has ever made near that kind of money. And so his self-sabotage kicked in and kept him from doing it the second year. All right? So what you're going to do is you want to look at your personal behavior patterns. If you can make a list of all the projects that you have started, or wanted to start, and then look at what happened, you know, did I, I couldn't get started, or I started, I couldn't finish, or, you know, what was I, what was going on, and if you begin to look and examine at your life, you'll begin to start to uncover your own belief system, so, because you'll start looking at, well, I tried this, and I wanted to do this, and I want to do that, and you'll start looking for some common elements for how your particular stronghold works against you. And so, when this happens, you want to ask yourself, what is it that you really want and not what you feel you should do? You know, if we're always trying to please somebody else, it's, ne- it's never the right motivation. You know, are you wanting to accomplish your goal for your own sake or because of what somebody else expects of you or desires for you or wants for you? Sometimes this happens with us and our parents, you know. Sometimes our parents have got really, you know, Firm ideas about what we should be and what we should do when we grow up, you know. And then sometimes we're living our lives in a way to make them happy, but it's not really what we're wanting to do. Haven't we heard that before? The people that they go to medical school because mom wanted them to be a doctor when what they wanted to be was a musician, you know. And living somebody else's dream in your life. If you're living somebody else's dream, you will sabotage yourself. You will sabotage yourself. That's like going, you know, you, you go all the way up to the last six weeks of school and then screw up, you know, right at the final exams or something. Because the truth is, is you really don't want to do that anyway, okay? So ask yourself what it is that you're afraid of. What is going on inside? What are you afraid of? And what are you trying to run away from? What is it you're trying to avoid that's preventing you from moving forward with your goal? So when you are thinking about your goals and you're sensing that internal tug of war, that thing that's working against you, something's going on inside, it's time to pay attention and look inside. What am I feeling? What's happening to me? What thoughts am I listening to? What's going on inside? Because the situation, it's not those people out there, and it's not the economy, and it's not the circumstances of life. The problem is right on the inside. The battlefield is really in the mind. You know, Jesus said that all things were possible, didn't he? But how many times have you and I met up against a wall of opposition? You know, and the problem was not with Jesus. The is not with the Word. The problem has been our belief system and our response. The belief system inside is a stronghold that's trying to keep you from what you fear. So here's a couple of things you can write down. This is going to be something really practical. This is a very, very practical thing. It can really help you understand what's going on. Repeatedly question yourself. I want you to ask yourself a certain question over and over and over and over again until you get to the fear. Because you see, if I ask you a question one time, you'll tell me off the top of your head. If I ask you the second time, you'll dig a little deeper. If I ask you a third time or a fourth time and you're giving me different answers every time, eventually you're going to blurt out what is the real fear of what's going on. Isn't that good to know? That's good to know. If I ask you, okay, why can't you, why can't you go back and get your degree? Why can't, you, why can't you finish that? Well, you might say, well, you know, I just don't have the money. I just don't have the time. Well, this, that. And if I keep pushing you, and if you keep pushing yourself, you're going to uncover what is really going on deep inside, and then you can do something about it. Hallelujah. All right, so this is what you're going to ask yourself. I'm afraid to accomplish this goal because... I'm afraid to accomplish this goal because. And you can write this down, just ask yourself five or six times. I'm afraid to accomplish this goal because. And just keep writing down the answer five six times until you get down to the bottom. Another um, type of similar question you can ask yourself is, I can't allow myself to accomplish this goal because. I can't let myself do it because. And then the the most um, direct thing you can ask yourself is, I don't want to accomplish this because. I don't want to. Because, see, that's, that's that's the truth of it. The truth of it is that deep inside, you don't want to. But you need to know why you don't want to. If you ask yourself this over and over again, it's going to wind up revealing the fear that has been hiding on the inside of the stronghold. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart the Word of God can dig right in there and uncover past all of the deception that you've been deceiving yourself with. You know, the Bible says the heart is deceitful, wicked above all things. It's easy to deceive your own heart and tell yourself, well, I really do want this, but your inner belief system's going, no, we don't. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. I'm going to make sure it don't happen, too. All right. Jesus said, uh, excuse me, not Jesus, the proverb says, 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you and I are studying and meditating on the Word of God, we're going to start to get some understanding into our own heart, begin to understand what is really going on deep inside. When you are meditating upon the love of God, if there's a part in you that doesn't believe that, it's going to be triggered by that meditation, right? There have been times I've meditated upon the Word, I thought, you know what, I just don't believe that. Now, don't call me a heretic. I know that with my head I believe it, but I know deep in my heart there's a place that doesn't believe that. Now, we've all been there. If you're not there now, you can, you can have, it depends upon what kind of a stronghold has been built in your life for years and years. I had a stronghold about healing, about sickness, rather, for years and years. For years and years, I was under a belief system that God didn't answer prayer, and he didn't heal people. Because he didn't do that anymore. That's what we had doctors for. And that was a belief system that I was working with. So when I found out, when I was 18, I found out that God still healed. And I found out some things in the Word of God that were true. And, I, and with my head, I would embrace that's true. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. And so when I would be trying to overcome my own personal sickness by using the Word of God, by His stripes, we were healed, I would find a struggle inside that says, I don't think we believe that. I don't think we believe that. See, an internal system can work against you and negate your faith and work against the very thing that you say that you believe with your head. So Jesus said, that's with the mouth, confession is made into salvation, right? And he says, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. So we're going to retrain our heart system by what kinds of thoughts that we have inside of our head. So the Word of God is going to give you insights into your heart. It's going to expose the weaknesses there. It's going to expose the fear that's there and the places of unbelief. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into all truth. Now, another way to look at what's going on with your internal belief system here, with this autopilot, is what is it protecting you from? What is it that your, your internal system is trying to, um, to do for you as a positive thing? For example, if you, uh, if you don't start your new business... If you just can't get started, your belief system might be a fear of failure. Well, your belief system says, if we don't start, we don't have to fail. So your belief system will sabotage you to make sure you never start because we don't want to fail because being failing would be hurtful. It would be painful, you see? See, this stuff doesn't even necessarily make sense in your head, but emotionally it makes sense. You can relate to that. So what is your belief system trying to do? It's trying to avoid Get you to avoid the, f- the painful thing about failure. It's trying to get you to avoid that pain. So what we want to know is, is there a better way to avoid that pain than sabotaging yourself? Is, it, is there something that we can learn to reprogram this internal system, this autopilot, to where it automatically is working for us instead of working against us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reprogramming. The beauty of reprogramming is that once it's in place, it's automatic. You didn't have to think real hard about how to drive home from work, did you? Those of you that work at home, okay. You didn't have to think real hard about how to drive to church, right? Because you've done it so many times, you're not having to really concentrate. The car just drives itself. You're just going down the road. It's not a struggle for you because you've been doing it for so long, right? Well, see, that internal system once you begin to, once you get yourself reprogrammed, it will automatically work for you the things you want to accomplish instead of fighting you. Isn't that great? I think that's a wonderful thing. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at a few more scriptures on reprogramming. I'm going to get my system to work for me and not against me. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. The King James says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. There are some imaginations there are some things that are exalting themselves against God's truth, that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of what God's Word has said, and it's working through spirits of fear to, to get you and me to agree with spirits of fear so we won't agree with what God has said in His Word. And so our job is to recognize what's going on and bring those thoughts down and get those thoughts to where they line up with God's Word. You know, because we, we cannot be influenced and dominated by fear. And I'm telling you, I, mean, I told you I got some deliverance from fear. And I'm like, we're getting a lot of deliverance from fear, guys. We're not, not going to tolerate this stuff anymore. Because fear is going to lead you to a life of regret. And you don't want that. So, we're going to cast down imaginations. The Bible tells us in Second Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. God's not given us the fear that you and I have been struggling with. Instead, he says, I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. So that means we have the ability from God to overcome every one of these negative um, belief systems and every one of these sabotage things. And we, can, we need to know who, our, who we are in Christ, know what our value is so that we can cooperate with God's word. The Bible says in 1 John 4.18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. The King James says that fear involves torment, causes torment. So the, the struggle that you and I have, the frustration and anxiety, from not being able to get motivated, for not being able to finish, for not being able to succeed, that frustration thing, the root of that thing is fear. And so we need to have God's perfect love to remove and cast out all that fear so that you and I are walking in the love of God and the confidence that we can accomplish everything we put our hearts to. Amen? Amen. Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we're going to discover what the fears are, and then we're going to resist the spirit of fear and take authority over it. Instead of tolerating with that fear of pain or that fear of commitment or that fear of success or whatever that fear is, instead of tolerating it and allow it to work within our lives, we're going to take authority over it and we're going to resist that fear and embrace the truth of God's Word. And we're going to retrain our minds to where we're thinking differently. Because see, if the fear, if the fear of success is causing you to think negatively about what will happen if I succeed? How will my friends and family t- treat me differently? That we've got to have a new way of thinking about success, isn't that true? Why don't we why don't we reprogram ourselves with a positive benefit of having success? See, it's reprogramming. We're going to take the fear, the fear that's been saying, if you if you are successful. People will treat you differently. They will have expectations upon you. They're going to be a pain. Let's just take that belief system, cast it down, and then replace it with, if I am successful, I'm going to be able to be a blessing to a lot of people. Right? And people will treat me as they'll love me for myself and have that belief system that way. Because you know what? You don't love anybody for their money, do you? No, I don't. We don't We don't love people for their things, for what they have. We love people for who they are. So we're going to replace the belief system with something that's godly on the inside. All right. So if we think about your goal, and we think about the to retrain your belief system, if you say the thing you really want to do is to go back to school and finish your degree, but you've been procrastinating, can't seem to get it done, because there's something that you're associating fearful, painful about that. Let's look at the accomplishment of your goal. Say you did go to school, and you did finish your degree, and you got it. How would finishing your degree get you what you want? It free you up from the fear. How would accomplishing the goal work for you? And what, and, and think about it, what do you have to believe about yourself to be motivated to accomplish that goal. If you and I keep sabotaging ourselves but we can't get started, then it's because of a belief system. So what am I going to have to change? What am I going to need to believe about myself in order to be able to accomplish my goal? You thought this was going to be easy, didn't you? This is digging deep into your own processes. Find out what's going on. If you had accomplished your goal, How would your thought processes on daily life change? For one thing, you would quit having that nagging thing of, I've got to go back to school, I need to enroll, I need to pick up the phone, because you would not have that struggle every day. Right? I remember this one time years ago, I've been feeling for quite some time that I needed to go on a 40-day fast. And I put it off, and I put it off, and I put it off because that did not sound like fun to me. And I was... And finally, I got to the point where I just said, you know, this is, I'm going to do it because then it'll be over with, you know, so I did. And so I went on this fast. And, you know, after I got past the first couple days, you know, I was feeling so good that I had done the thing that I quit obsessing over it anymore, you know, because I'd actually done it, actually moved forward. And I felt like I can cross this off my list because I have done this now. So if you think about, you know, when you have got this internal tug of war, I need to, I need to, I should, I should, I ought to, I ought to, you know, when you already are doing the goal and your accomplishment, that war has gone. You know, I don't have to struggle about that thing anymore because I did the very thing I wanted to do, right? So your focus is going to be different. You know, if you have accomplished your goal, then you're not going to be beating yourself up about it. And it's going to make how you see yourself change. It's going to change how you perceive yourself. Because as I said, when you have been procrastinating and self-sabotage, those unloving spirits are beating you up, making you feel frustrated, making you feel anxiety, and feeling bad about yourself. Well, if you accomplish your goal, then what happens? You're feeling better about yourself, right? You're feeling glad because you've got it done. Okay. This is also going to affect and change how that you deal with other people, how you perceive other people, and what you believe about what you can accomplish. You know that every time that you and I accomplish one thing that we didn't, for the first time, we accomplish something new, it makes you feel better about accomplishing the next thing that you do, right? That's why, um, That's why you know what, it's it's important for parents to always give their kids skills. You know, your kids need to have some kind of skill. Because when a kid knows how to ride a bike, roller skate, play guitar, play soccer, or whatever a kid does, they feel better about themselves because they can actually do something, you know. And the truth is that you and I feel better about ourselves when we have gained a skill, when we have done something that we hadn't done before. It's just going to help you feel better. All right, let's look at this scripture here. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. You know, as we are choosing to renew our minds with meditation and confession, that the words of your mouth are speaking words of harmony in agreement with the scripture. They're speaking harmony with the goal that you want to establish in your life. You know, we're not saying something that's contrary. Remember, because this tongue is like a rudder. It sets on course the direction of your life. So Proverbs is telling us here That we need to have our eyes look directly in front of us. Instead of looking at your current situation and how you didn't do this and you sabotaged that and all those negative things. Instead of looking at how it is, you want to look where you're going. Look ahead into the future. Get your eyes down the road. And where do you see yourself later? And this is where you and I begin to prophesy to our future. And it may be that you're in a tough situation now, but begin to prophesy and speak to how you are in six months and call that thing into, be, into existence, right? To let your eyes look ahead and your gaze be straight in front of you. And Proverbs is saying, don't turn to the, to the right or to the left. Don't get sidetracked, but keep speaking and meditating upon what you want in your future, If I could get Christians to quit complaining about how it is and begin to creatively speak towards their future. Think about it, folks. You and I have got right now in our lives what our belief system has built for us. If we can change our belief system by dealing with the fear, getting our minds renewed with the Word of God and our speech to line up and speaking to the future down there, we're going to have a lot better results in six months. How many of you want better results in six months? I mean, how many of you got something in your life right now that you really do want to see changed? Something that you've been procrastinating and have not been able to get it done, right? Okay, I do. There are some things, I mean, you know what's good for you, but there's some things that I want to see changed. So we're going to need to look to the future. Our confession of our mouth, even though we're looking to the future, we're using present tense. It's by Jesus stripes I am healed, not I'm going to be healed. Right, My God supplies all my need according to His riches of glory by Christ Jesus, not my God is going to supply my need. We always need to speak it present tense. Because see, if you understand the power of your words and the power of faith, if it's always future tense, you never get there. You're, you keep creating the future, but it's elusive. Because by the time you get there, it's still, you know, it's still ahead of you. So we're going to say the words of our mouth are going to be present tense. My God supplies my need in Jesus' name. You've heard me say many times, things work out for me. That's a confession of faith for me, that things always work out for me. And I base that upon the scripture where it says that God causes us in all things to triumph by Christ Jesus. So I'm saying things work out for me today, and they will work out for me tomorrow, but my confession is not they're going to work out one day, but my confession is that they work out for me now, okay? All right. Our confession is to be positive. This, this is, we want to remove the word not and never out of your confession. Because the truth is, your, your mind doesn't hear those words. Your body doesn't hear those words. So we want our words to be positive. My God supplies my needs in Jesus' name. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And those things are positive and powerful. And then you start taking the baby steps to fulfill your goal. I mean, if I were to ask every one of you, what is your goal? And I ask you, what are the five or six steps you need to take in order to accomplish your goal? You could write down, well, I would first thing I got to do is I've got to go online and find out how to register for class, you know? First thing I've got to do is compare the schedule down at work. You know, first time i got to do is i got to go join the gym or i got to go buy some sneakers. Or You know, you could make a list of steps of things you need to have to accomplish your goal, right? Start making your list after you start getting the belief system working. When you start working on the confession of your mouth and deal with the fear, then we're going to start making a list of what needs to be done. And then you'll start taking action because you have dealt with your belief system so it's no longer going to be fighting you and keeping you from doing the thing you know to do. All right. We're going to do some ministry. Because these belief systems are empowered by spirits of fear, we want to get rid of spirits of fear. If you think about why you haven't accomplished what you wanted to? Does it seem logical to you that there's a spirit of fear behind it? There's something that's working there against you? All right. How many of you think that probably this this fear has been in your family line? How many think it's probably come down through generations? Maybe you even watch yourself having the exact same type of struggles that you watch in your, your ancestors, okay? Alright, so what we're gonna do is we're going to get rid of them in Jesus' name. Alright. Would you pray this with me? Father God, Father God I take responsibility in my generations on both sides of my family for spirits of fear. For spirits of fear. And I renounce it. And I renounce it. I repent for believing lies. I repent for believing lies. And I tear down negative words. And I tear down negative words. I cancel the assignments of every evil spirit that was loosed because of them. I renounce fear, anxiety, self-doubt, fear of failure, fear of man, fear of criticism, fear of commitment, fear of success. I ask for forgiveness, forgiveness. and that the curse be broken, broken. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth. Amen. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I set aside the strong man of fear, and I take authority and I cast out fear in Jesus' name, I say you must leave. I say that anxiety must go now in Jesus' name, self-doubt must leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear of failure must go now. Fear of man must go in Jesus' name. Fear of criticism leave now. Fear of commitment and fear of success. I command you to go from this people in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak to the strong man of fear and I say you have been found out and the armor in which you trusted has been taken from you. And I command you to loose your hold upon this people, to loose us and let us go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And now I speak to all the spirits of fear, and those that have been aiding and abetting the spirits of fear, and I command them to all depart in the name of Jesus Christ. All helping spirits of fear have to go now in Jesus' name. Fear has no place in us. Say that with me. Fear has no place in me. No Amen. Us. Amen. Now, Father God, I pray for an infilling of your love because your perfect love cast out fear. Father, every place where there's been that fear and anxiety, I ask Lord God that you would fill us fresh with your love, that we would have the confidence of knowing that we are your precious beloved children and that we can do all things through Christ who comp- who 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 strengthens us and blesses us. And Father God, I also pray, Lord, for healing. I ask for healing, Lord God, for emotions, healing, Lord, for physical bodies. Every place, Lord God, where fear has been holding dominion in Jesus' name, I ask for healing. I ask, Lord God, for creative miracles and even creative ideas and strategies in the name of Jesus. Every place where, Lord, that we have been even afraid to think and to look, I ask, Lord God, for creative inspiration in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We give you praise, and thanksgiving for it, Lord God, you are faithful. And now, Lord God, I ask, Lord, that you give us the grace to be able to get our minds renewed, that you would expose the hidden works of darkness, and that, Lord, that you would show us how to renew our minds with your word in Jesus' name. Okay, I have some worksheets for you. <laughs> These are to take home. You're so good. To work. I am. Now, this is just for you to take home and to work on. Everybody just take one and pass them. Yeah. The worksheet is for your morning and bedtime meditation. Because what did Joshua say? If you meditate, Joshua 1 says day and night. So in the morning and then at bedtime. So I have on here, you can put down here, I am willing to accomplish my goals. So you write down whatever your goal is or how many goals you've got. I have listed there several scriptures you can meditate on what you want to do is meditate on these but then if you've got specific scriptures that are much more pertinent to your particular goal then go ahead and write them write them out and meditate and confess them and when you confess them make it personal make it specific my god shall supply all my financial needs according to his riches of glory by christ jesus all right make it make it so personal to where it applies to you you know I can do all things, including starting my exercise program, you know, through Christ who strengthens me. Make it personal so it's specific. Then I have, at the very end, I have now the confessions you make about yourself. And remember, these are present tense. I am what? I am healed. I am prosperous. I am a college graduate. I am successful in my business. I am strong. I am whatever. I am I can, I do, I have. And work on these things morning and night, morning and night. This is going to reprogram your belief system. And remember, if a spirit of fear tries to creep back in, take authority over and deal with it. And do not allow fear to have dominion over you. All right? I'm excited. I feel like we're going to see some wonderful things happen How much happier will you be, how much happier will I be, once we are all accomplishing the goals that we want to accomplish, right? We'll all be happier. Yes, we will. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for encouraging us tonight. Encouraging us, Lord God, to press forward. For the mark, hallelujah, for the high calling in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I ask you, Lord God, that you encourage and bless your people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com. Or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.